What is up, Asymmetry? Happy New Year, everybody. We uh, we took a much-needed break just from all of the production at Mirai, and, um, and honestly, over the break, not podcasting was one of the things that I missed the most. Uh, so great to be back in the studio for the first podcast of 2020 with Todd Schlafer, who made a quick trip out to see us with some of his wonderful uh, trees from First Branch Bonsai, um, kind of running that winter tertiary covered wagon route for us. And uh, while we had him at Mariah, we decided to sit down for another one of our coffee casts. It's quick, uh, catching up on sort of the the end of last year and the beginning of 2020 goals and um, all of the happenings for both Todd and myself. So uh, enjoy, always positive and always wonderful to have Todd in the studio. We love this guy, obviously great friend, tremendous bonsai artist, colleague, uh, collaborator, and uh, working together is, is really a special thing. But um, yeah, a positive way to start 2020 and we have some gems coming for you on Asymmetry. So stay tuned. Enjoy. Conor McGregor destroyed. Just destroyed. Destroyed. That was crazy. I was hoping it'd be be a little longer. Yeah. I was hoping it'd be quite a bit longer. Yeah. I think it's interesting when you see somebody. It's like, is he that good? Or like what all goes into that, you know? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when you see people who are like meant to do what they're doing. It's Im- it's impressive. It's like the Christmas story where the kid gets his tongue stuck on the yeah pole. on the metal pipe. Did you ever have that happen when you were a kid? No. Yeah. I say that. It seems it seems it, it may be a memory that I blocked out. It's like every kid in Colorado is is tasked <laughs> with learning before doing. Mm-hmm. The capacity for your tongue to really stick to metal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. Ah, it's got to be so painful. I watched several kids do it in elementary school out on the playground. Did they get stuck? Oh, or yeah, were they tongue. able to get their tongue off? No, they got fully stuck. Fully stuck. Oh. And it was brutally painful, apparently, because it was so cold. Uh-huh. And their tongue is just stuck to it. So it's just getting basically cold, burned by the cold. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, the nurse had to come out. <laughs> And use hot water. Yeah. And they had to go home because yeah. they were, yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. That's crazy. Yeah. Craziness. Well, so you had quite the adventure coming out here. Lime, have you have you heard everything that Todd went through to get here? We talked a little bit about it on the phone. Yeah, some of it. You gave a very well, uh, well, orated rent version of it summary of it last night for the, for the pine three students yeah. i've had plenty of time to kind of work get, on the get, presentation get my thoughts together the on, delivery on was the, impeccable the delivery it was performative it was unbelievable yeah so but i made it yeah i made it how long did it take you leaving denver well i left so i packed trees tuesday at my house um, and then I drove to Wyoming that afternoon, spent the night in Wyoming, went in the morning to Dan's place, picked up those trees, headed out. So then um, I was having to go through Reno. So part of like part of the trip was areas I hadn't driven before. So it's like, well, we'll start going. We go, we go, we go. Right outside of Casper, the engine just lost power and it's like well that's weird and a check two check engine lights came on Uh and i'm in the middle of nowhere no cell phone service so i just limped the truck along to a place where i could have cell phone service and then you know right i i just I, i called the truck company and they're like yeah we'll send someone out and at first they were saying it was gonna be like five hours and so then they called me back. They're like, well, Rollins is 84 miles from you. We'll send someone from there. You know, so he came out, tried to fix it. He was hoping it was a fuel filter. Uh-huh. It wasn't a fuel filter. It was something with the turbocharger. So then he's like, well, let's just try to limp it back into town. 
So I get, we, <laughs> I drive 30 miles an hour, 20 at times because there's hills there. Yeah, right. And it's like, I have no power. So, <laughs> so, so I'm driving 20 miles an Are hour. Are cars going by you at the speed of light? Yeah. Well, but too, like I've driven enough to kind of, like, it's interesting when you drive, you start, like I would watch semi-trucks and see how they would do things. Like when people are behind you, you pull over, uh -huh. turn hazard, you know, it's just, some of it's just kind of common sense. But right. so part of it, I'm on the shoulder driving to Rollins and that's 84 miles away. So I get there and the guy that helped me was great because he called ahead and was, was saying, you know, we don't have this part. Can you ship it out? And so we get there, and they're like, well, it'll be three days before the park gets there. Um, or we might be able to tow the car back to Denver. And I was like, that, that's probably not a, a good option. Can you send one out? And mm -hmm. they're like, oh, well, we can send one out. It'll come from Denver. So I waited around. They call me. It's like, it'll be there around 1. So this is 1 in the morning. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> You know, I was like, oh, I'll get, I'll get a cat nap. <laughs> nope, couldn't sleep. <clears throat> Truck gets there at one. And so I have to unload trees, but they're not just like normal trees, right? They're coming out here. Yeah. So there's some significant, some big, some, some big some boys in there. Significant size to them. <laughs> so, so me and the truck truck, I, I got lucky because the truck, uh, tow truck driver was this young guy, like stocky. And he thought the trees were great, too. It's like, look, I'll give you some money. Can you help me transfer these trees over? He's like, sure. But we can't just transfer them over. Right. Because we have to puzzle piece the the trees out, get the styrofoam that they're sitting on so they don't slide all over the place, get yeah. that out, re-put, you know, put that in the other truck, pack, you know, pack them back in. But before we were able to do that, when the truck comes, we couldn't get the lift gate to go down. And so we're out there... It's 17 degrees in Wyoming. The wind is blowing, I don't, 30 miles an hour probably. You know, that's yeah. what it does up there. And so we're underneath the truck with flashlights and my phone trying to see like what's going on. And there was a cord that wasn't attached. We get the cord attached. The lift gate comes down. And the thing is we had to get the lift gate down in order to open the back of the truck. Because it folds up and covers the whole it like, folds cargo up and door. covers the cargo door. Yeah, and so we get that down, but then the lift gate won't fold out. So it's like, well, we got it open. Screw it. This is what we're gonna go with. Right. So, so then from like one to three thirty, we repack trees. Are you just freezing cold? It was freezing. It was freezing. Um, yeah, so we repack trees. I go sleep for two and a half hours because I knew a storm, there was a storm coming in. And so <laughs> it's like, all right, here's here's another thing. So I start driving, like going over, I don't even, I forget what pass it is, but it's a blizzard. Why I'm driving there, there's like semi-trucks that have slidden off the road, cars in the ditch, and I'm driving and then this light comes on, the check engine light in this truck. <laughs> And so I was I was like I'm I'm just driving. I'm yeah. not messing around. Yeah. If it either I get there or the truck blows up, one of the two will happen. And so as I'm driving over this pass, the these, you know, the the signs ahead saying like severe weather conditions, uh sustained gusts of 30 miles an hour or sustained winds of 35 miles an hour gusts up to 75 high profile oh high profile vehicles proceed with caution. Uh -huh. It's like great. So Maybe I'll get blown over. Seventy-five right. will flip a truck like that. It'll, yeah, it'll flip you. Boom! It just so, flip you over. But I kept going, and then like the chain chain laws in effect, like the or, uh, signs are up there, and, and I don't have chains, so I just got behind the semi truck, and it's. I decided if he pulls off in a you know a chain area, I'll ask him if I really need it. If he keeps going, I'm just gonna go. And so he kept going, and so that's what I did. So. Went up over the pass, got down into Salt Lake, and then it was beautiful. Mm. So it's like, I'm great, you know? Wow. I get into Reno, delivered a tree. I debated whether to keep going, but two, like this route to come up here, I'd never done before. So it's like, nope, I'm going to sleep in Reno. I'll get up early and head out here. Slept in Reno, started coming out here. And then as I'm going over, 
I don't even know what the mountain ranges were. I know one was like the southern end of the Cascades, like mm-hmm. Cascade Sierra. Yeah, so you went north on 395 out of Reno on yeah. the east side of the Sierras, and then you had to come up over the Cascades. Yeah. Yeah, and so as I'm going over that, it had just, you know, the storm had just come through. Yeah. And so, like, the roads are slippery, and I'm, like, sliding around, and I just, like, had to put it in low and just, like, go through. But it's, like, I don't know, two, three mountain ranges, and it's, like, I'd get down, dry road, great. Oh, here's another mountain range, you know? And so, but I got here last night... (laughs) <laughs> right before the the fights and it's like you got here at the perfect time I got we here, just, it was perfect and i made it safe so fresh thai food dinner and uh the fights were just starting yeah. when you got here it's, it was unbelievable brilliant almost like you planned it almost it's 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 a good story and it's true like <laughs> i'm not so, embellishing it anything horrible. it's just it's like all it was one thing after another. It sounds horrible. It was, I've, had, it I've had good experience with Ryder. That's why I'm kind of like, wow. Ryder truck has usually been pretty good for me. Yeah. But well, not uh, for you. <laughs> like you got all the crap trucks. I mean, that can happen with any rental yeah, truck. True, though, any. You know, like that's that's kind of a crapshoot. Their customer service was very good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like when they call, they're like, "We're going to bring one out. We're trying to get you back on the road as quickly as we can." It's like I appreciate that. So yeah. I told him that too. You know, it's like yeah. they did. They did everything they could to to keep me moving. Yeah. So yeah. I, I appreciated that. So Wow. But I yeah. probably won't drive a truck. Drive a truck out here in January. Yeah. <laughs> bad. Again. All bad. There's nothing good. It's like how, going, come from it. Coming home. We're getting hit pretty hard right now. <laughs> I wonder how this going is, home will be. This isn't just mild snowfall. Hopefully going home will be okay. Yeah, you hope so. Ish. You always hope so. Yeah. You just have to cross so many mountains. Yeah. Like the western United States is filled with mountain ranges. Yeah. Up, down, up, down, yeah. up, down. It is. Yeah. It is. It's it's one I mean, like once once you get east of of the Rockies, there's really no more mountains, uh, you know? You're set. Like uh I guess you I guess you get to the Smoky Mountains or Yeah, I kinda call those hills. Yeah. I mean No offense or anything to anyone down there. No. Yeah, Western, <laughs> those are hills. <laughs> it's it's the real deal. Yeah, Think, thinking about travel across all of the mountains of the Western United States is pretty daunting in the winter. Mm-hmm. Even even from Oregon down to California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get hit on that pass a lot. I mean, yeah, outside of uh, Medford <laughs> Grants Pass. And yeah, I'm stuff. about to hit that t- tonight. Ugh, yeah that <laughs> that can be super brutal. Yeah, really gnarly, really slick, really wet and snowy and crappy and. Shasta can. Then when you get out to the coast, you're on this little two lane road with like a freaking 500 or a thousand foot drop in some of the spots. Yeah, coming off, yeah. winding down one, uh, trying to get uh. down into Arcata there. Yeah. Well, that's okay. So the thing too, like coming out here, mm. and I'm I'm just I just like Google Map it right, and so it's like what's the shortest route from Reno to St. Helen? It's like oh, it's this way. It's like yeah, but that's. A lot of the road, like I took, and these little county roads, it's they're not for semi trucks, yeah, or for twenty foot box trucks. They're yeah. for, they're for cars. Right. So like trying, <laughs> it's like oh my god, I don't know. It was, yeah, yeah, that happened to me in Atlanta when I dropped off the trees. I was like, oh, I'll just take the shortest route. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, I'm like, oh my god, I am not supposed to be here. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I need to backtrack and find roads I can be on. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, you you. If you're not careful, you get yourself in real problems yeah, we, with a big truck. I there's got to be like an app or something that I'm sure. There, that yeah, will, there's a map a program specifically for trucks. For but, trucks, but yeah. it's like you're kind of on that cusp in like a box truck where you're yeah, not you a semi. Yeah, you, you get know, away with so stuff. It's, it's like <laughs> if you followed a, a quote unquote truck route, that's like semi truck routes, and a lot of those are pretty circuitous roots because of the fact that a semi you know is so big and a box truck isn't a semi and not nearly as big but you still have that height it's like the 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 height is the issue right 13 feet the height is the issue yeah i think make sure you know it pay attention to signs yeah we were talking about this last night because <laughs> yeah. after after uh, we finished the the fights and dinner we todd and i just went up and rap for a little while and the whole thing was basically like know the height of your truck yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. i was in Atlanta and i could see just ahead of me and there's a turn i was like that says 11 foot five 
I'm 12, five, but uh-huh. I'm not making that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. getting out of the way. Like, yeah. all right, let's figure a new route. <laughs> yep. Pay attention to those height signs. Yeah. But I have, like, I, I don't know. I have a new respect for what you do now. Cause I'd never driven a truck that big, mm. you know? And yeah. so but, <laughs> in but a you, snowstorm, your first time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> trial that's, by fire. That's baby. Early. I did. Ugh. That's early. Yeah. You Ugh. know, no fear uh, for a Colorado, for a Colorado person. You know, it didn't anything. Yeah. I mean, uh, ain't no, ain't that's no what thing. We, that's what we do. That's what we do. Oh, that's, how we, You're blind. that's how we were raised. Boy, you got you got tough there. You went. You got trial by fire. Yeah, I don't know the the seven the seventeen degrees moving uh, all the trees over there between trucks. <laughs> and not, that, that sounds like that sounds like crap. Yeah, numbing. Uh, it was brutal. But it's, at the same time, it's like, what am I gonna do? Yeah. It's like okay, choice. let's say they tow the truck to my house. Uh-huh. Then what do I do? Unload reload and then like i don't have time to come back out so i have to keep them at my house which yeah. means i have to unload them there and then i have like dance street you know and it's yeah. just like i have no option it's just one of those things it's like i have no option than to just do it we're gonna get there yeah yeah but but no it i've been there i've been there no i know and it's like i have a lot of respect for like even as like this had is was nowhere in the same scale of what you do with the covered wagon but at the same time it's just it's like i i have a little more of an understanding of what you have to go through and packing trees you know and yeah. it's like the trees you're taking too are wired so it's like you really yeah you have to be very careful and you know it's like how i pack these like i've watched you pack and i see you know and it's like i've asked you that and mm-hmm. so it's like some like tips on things like that you know so yeah. but i i do i have a whole I have a very large... And the truck has a governor on it. Worst. So it's like 65. It's 65. It's like, oh my gosh. So it says it's going to take eight hours. It'll probably take 10. Yeah. You know, but... Yep. But no, I do. I have a new... A, a new found respect for what you do with the covered wagon, so... There's like uh, there's three reefer trucks that we can rent from to get the size of reefer truck that we need to get to the national show mm-hmm. uh, for everything that we have to take when we make that trip, which we're making that trip this year. Yep. Uh, and one of them has a governor, and two of them do not. Uh huh. And going across the country where you're you know three thousand miles, and a governor that that decreases your potential maximum mile power by 10 miles an uh-huh. hour, 10 miles an hour over 3000 <laughs> yeah. miles accumulates a, to a lot yeah, of time. It's a, significant it's a lot of time. Of time. It yeah. actually pans out to somewhere in the journey across the country of a roughly 12 hours, uh-huh. 12 hours, yeah. man, 12 hours of driving yeah. that you save yeah. by being able to go 10 miles an hour more. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. I want to, yeah. Can you request the one without the governor? I, I I have I always ask and they're like we don't we don't really know which yeah. one we're gonna give you the one that we have right and it's like well beggars can't be choosers so sure. we need to go get CDL license so we can get a cab you know a sleeper I, cab I've thought about that so many times <laughs> getting a CDL license then we I don't can know just, I don't know what it would take but yeah. it's not that hard getting a having a cab going cross country that would be incredible turn and burn baby we'll be there in two days <laughs> oh man <laughs> sleep Just cycle through it <laughs> you sleep i'm ready yeah eight and eight boom, 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 boom. yeah <laughs> but like the gas tanks on those on that truck too they're like there's two and they're 50 gallon tanks yeah so it's like you could i don't know it, like Oh wait, you had two fifty-gallon tanks. Two fifty-gallon tanks, but, yeah, but then like gosh, the gas gauge better. was kind of wonky. So I would <laughs> drive like two hundred fifty miles, like when I got this truck, uh-huh. and fill it up and be like, okay, it used like thirty gallons. So I know, but it's like those trucks are made to drive. Yeah, significant. Like I could probably drive four or five hundred miles on on two full tanks. On two full tanks, isn't fueling them up a pain in the ass? You got to pull. You got to pull into the truck uh, side of it, and it's got like the enlarged it's diesel huge. nozzle i mean it comes out like, like wow, a fire hose I'm a big boy yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly but like the handle is covered with so much like diesel, diesel spill and yeah. stuff that you just it, yeah, yeah just just yeah trucking the whole thing yeah i i i really enjoy i really enjoy seeing north america like driving through it because it's such an incredible continent yeah. but it is uh it is a a sizable landmass yeah I mean, I really, I did the same. I really enjoyed 
like seeing like species change from one to another as you go yeah. different area and then as you go up elevation come back down thing you know it's yeah. like it's just it's really interesting how that how that the plant life works like that you yeah. know and so um i was excited that you went through reno and then went up 395 although Although the best part of 395, I think, is south of Reno mm -hmm. on the east side because mm -hmm. you get to see a lot of really interesting geology and the rain shadow of the Sierras and stuff. But but that southern Cascade region up there on the backside of Shasta is really, really cool, yeah, too. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty. beautiful up there. So And, and, just, and I love Utah, too. So it's just like I love desert, you know, and so even like driving through that. And I don't know. It, it really... It's it's beautiful and I love doing it. I just prefer to not do it probably in the winter when I have a twenty <laughs> foot truck full of fairly valuable trees. Yeah. So Yep. Yeah, anyway. that's I've never I have never had a truck of that size break loose or slide on me in the covered wagon. So mm -hmm. I, I that that would that would be unsettling. Yeah, it was. That would be unsettling. It was. But it's one thing it's one thing when it's your little pickup. Yeah. That's and, manageable. And another thing when it's like Oh wow! Okay, yeah, no. If this thing tipped over, it's good. It's going. It's going to be bad. It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be real bad. Yeah. It's going to be like a lot of stuff's going to get damaged. Yeah, I. Yeah. You're probably going to be the 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 beautiful thing about it though is you'll probably be fine. Oh, if it tipped over. If it tipped over, you know, or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you would really have to. Because the box is almost like a roll preventer. Mm-hmm. You'd really have to screw up to officially like. You have to be one of them crazy guys doing like a hundred. You'd have to screw up <laughs> to really take that truck yeah. and, and break it apart to a point where it would where it could potentially impact you. Well, let's not we, hurt your pride, though. We just won't talk about that. Yeah, no. <laughs> you have a gigantic engine in front of you. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's like a battering ram. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that when I'm on the highway, just like, you know, you really. Tiny cars, like not you know, getting out of the way or kind of being dicks, and it's just like I, I could, I could monster truck you yeah. right now. Yeah. I'm just gonna nudge you out of my way. So yeah, like, I, I, I literally have a cattle, cattle <laughs> prod on the front of my truck. Like I could just <laughs> kind of interesting. Be a good movie, Mad Max movie. Mad Max, go, Mad, <laughs> Mad Max in the moving truck. Yeah, they got the they got the the big plow they put on the front of them. Yeah, yeah, be awesome. Like they put on the front of trains too. Yeah, <laughs> I forget where I forget where in the country I was where everybody had uh, cattle, or cattle or or deer like protectors welded to the actual frame of their vehicles. South somewhere. I don't know. Oh, Montana's I'm, got a lot of them. I'm trying to. Now there was there was one one place that I was where it's just like that was just the expected conduct like you weld it to your frame so that it your truck doesn't get messed up so that you're when going you do to, hit you're going to be going through elk and deer and i'm just thinking like wow what does that look like it's just mowing them down like driving down the road like you know like deer bouncing <laughs> yeah. off your truck or i just saw a statistic from 2018 from michigan it was a michigan one i was looking it up uh i think it was 190 some car fatalities dealing with deer I think 1,200 deer were killed in, so the human fatalities or, or injuries and eight deaths and 100 or 1,200 car accidents dealing with deer mm -hmm. in Michigan alone. Mm -hmm. It's become like an epidemic. They can't get rid of, and there's not enough people hunting and the deer are just bombarding the roads. Yeah. 1,200. I was in Iowa going to Nebraska and I was, I had to go, yeah, I was going from Iowa to Nebraska and- the guy I was working for, like it was, he's like, an ice storm's coming, be careful. But an ice storm. If, if a deer comes out in front of you, don't try to swerve. Yeah, just, just hit it. Ram it. Because if you go in a ditch, that's how most people die. And uh -huh. I was like, oh. Yeah. And just freeze to, to and just freeze to death. Either that or like going off and you know, hitting oh, your head okay. or whatever. But he said that most people die when they go off the edge instead of just just huh. hitting the deer. Yeah. So it's you like, or the deer. If the deer comes, yeah, he's like, just hit it. It's like, eh, all right. I mean, stop, throw it in the back, take it home and eat it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, ne I've never been more aware of, of, of how dangerous like it would be to swerve and go off the road than when I was driving through Nevada. 
after oh. Christmas and it was like 10 <laughs> degrees outside and that was when you drove down car, by yourself only car on the yeah. road <laughs> and because I like drove my car to the airport to pick up the vehicle that I was transporting trees with at mm-hmm. the airport I just had like some jeans and a sweatshirt <laughs> on you know I like got in the car I was gonna drive overnight drop it in Las Vegas get on a plane and fly home it was supposed to be super easy and then all of a sudden it's like black ice uh, extreme oh. blizzard conditions, no other cars on the road. Yeah. It was just like, oh, wow, there's no gas. There's no cell phone service. Yeah. Like if I hit a deer or I drove, you know, swerved and went into an embankment, yeah. I would die. You, yeah, you, I would freeze in, to death. You're in trouble. Yeah. You're, you'd be in trouble. Yeah. So. I really appreciate, I really appreciate the fact that, that we can still get to those places. Because in Europe and stuff like that, I don't know that you're going to go somewhere where like you slide off the road and all of a sudden you're going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. nobody's going to find you kind of a place. It's like you could be completely isolated for long periods yeah. of time, you know, and there's something, like there's something a little eerie about that, but mm. at the same time, it's it's like very, it's very peaceful too, where yeah. it's like um, there's, yes. there's no like noise around from other things. There's no... Like traces of yeah. other humans there, you know. It's like yeah. people probably been there, but you just you don't see that. It's just, yeah, yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Not seeing cars for prolonged periods of time is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Things are good though. Yeah, everything's good. Yeah, everything's good. Traveling that bonsai life. Yeah, and yeah. So usually over winter I get a little break, but mm. this winter I haven't had. I haven't had much of a break. Never had any breaks. Yeah. So just um but that's good. That's good because too and like this year I have everything mapped out, but the, and then I have like stuff booked into 2021, but at all at the same time like I've been traveling for like this will be my fourth year and there's, you know, it's like, like I've said before there'll always be travel, but it's I it's like is it time to Relook at what my business model looks like, you know, and and make some adjustments to that. So, I hit the wall. I I said when I was in Japan coming back, I said I would travel for eighteen months, and then it ended up going for three, three years. years. But I hit the wall at three years. I was just like, just can't do this anymore. Yeah. I just can't. So you're going into your fourth year. Fourth year. <sighs> yeah, and last year, last year was probably two hundred fifty, like say two hundred eighty days, and. This year it'll be, it's it's probably more than that. It's more than that. Wow. Yeah. Jeez so Louise. It's a, yeah, but uh, yeah, just looking to change. A lot of airports. A lot of airports. A lot of miles. But yeah, we'll see how that. Travel. Staying healthy on the road is tough too. Just like eating well and like sleeping enough and time zone changes and yeah. it, it all it all it all adds up. Yeah, and usually, like with I'm staying when I'm staying with people, like people take they take care of me, you know, yeah, yeah. pretty well. It's just like if I drive somewhere or something, that's like that's really hard because yeah, you know, finding I do you eat fast food, you yep. know, and yep. it just there's Sucks. there's sometimes like I'll try to eat one like if I'm driving like all day I'll eat once. Because if I've done it where I ate twice fast food and I just thought I was gonna throw up, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I ate anyway. it once two days ago and I'm suffering today. Still, I was hurting all day yesterday. I'm not eating it again. Yeah. I guess I haven't eaten it in a while. I, driving across the country with this guy, <laughs> yeah, oh, I like the, a lot. The, the common meal is fast food. I we'll know. like stop at a gas station. He'll be buying, you know, like the fried like chicken fingers and freaking. <laughs> You know, taquitos at, uh-huh. the, at some mm, gas station taquitos. out in the middle of nowhere at three in the morning. It'd be like, you want something? You want a snack? I'm going to get a snack. It's like, that's not a snack. That's a heart attack. <laughs> what do you... It's like a, and then we'll stop and he'll be food. like, you want, ha- you want a hamburger? There'll be like a, a Wendy's or a McDonald's. And it's just like, dude, what are you, what are you doing to yourself, man? It's my way of keeping Lime's me a good a, eater. My, my, no, only one no, I no but he oh. never finishes it. He takes like two bites and then... There's just this accumulation of like these fragments of fast food <laughs> in the truck. It's it's hilarious. He's he's a grazer. I'm he's a, grazer. a grazer. grazer. Yeah, he's I'm a total dumb. grazer. I can hang out with the cows real well in the field. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. a grass fed. 
I, I now going across the country, I've got my my spots like picked out mm-hmm. that I've got to hit. There's like, there's a a wonderful, I mean, there's wonderful, you know, like vegetarian restaurants in different areas and vegan restaurants and barbecue. Barbecue, you definitely need barbecue. We tried to make it across the country eating only barbecue. <laughs> we tried awesome. to do it. It's we like came, we came, we came it's close. Like, uh, we it's came a really, theme. Really, it's really a theme. Really. It's like, all right, this trip, it's just barbecue. Next <laughs> trip, it's going to be just Thai food. That's what I'm saying. It, we came close. Dude, that was good. Yeah. Tasty. Yeah. Uh, the search for like vegetables, fresh vegetables, once you get uh, <laughs> east of the Rockies, is pretty tough. Yeah. Pretty tough. Yeah. Like they're growing. S- endless fields of corn but there's there's not much else that's mm. being grown out there no. it's not like there's not like lettuce and tomatoes and mm. stuff no, like that you know it's all in cali yeah it's all in the san joaquin it, valley it, it, it truly is <laughs> it, that's such a wake-up call when you recognize that you know the figure that 80 percent of the vegetables that we eat all come from are, california are grown in california mm. san joaquin doesn't valley, seem realistic baby. until you drive across the country and you recognize oh wow okay yeah no there's not a lot of massive vegetable yeah. production outside of california mm-hmm. at least that you can see through the middle yeah. of the country yeah my favorite's when they're growing <laughs> broccoli looks like a little forest i want to be a gnome and run through the broccoli field yeah <laughs> <It's> un- <laughs> yeah broccoli's cool artichokes are cool too yeah <laughs> you have any 2020 resolutions happy new year happy new year i even said happy new year to you yeah happy new yeah, year happy sorry new year. it's yeah. all right it's yeah. all right um do you do new year's resolutions no like every year, it's like I just like tell myself I just want to be happy. You uh-huh. know, it's like that's that's like oh, every year. It's my New Year's resolution. Yeah, it's like I I just want to be I want to be happy. Um, so, but so far I'm happy. Yeah. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's it's good. Great. Good start. It's a it's a great start. You, do you do I, you get up on uh no on New Year's Day? And no, watch I didn't. The I did. I did. I did perpetuate the long-standing tradition of working a tree um on new year's eve and working a tree on new year's day Mm -hmm. but i did not make it for the sunrise so yeah missed it well i almost texted you because i was up at like 6 30 you made it you did you got it Uh uh-huh nice but uh i i did i almost texted you i was like i should text ryan be like you watching the sunrise? Yeah, I didn't do yeah. It, but, I mean, I, it's been so it's been so overcast and so rainy here that uh, we just simply haven't seen the sun, and I, I don't know, a long time. I mean, Actually, but it's this, been a while now. Hasn't it's it? been a while. Is this a normal? <laughs> like, realize. is this normal, or is this seem a lot more a little wetter? I feel like wet. this is a very so the 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 actual rainfall is below normal, but the number of cloudy days and overcast days and the actual light mm-hmm. tr- penetration mm-hmm. is at a there, there were two days when we got the really uh what they call that a uh, atmospheric river where um it didn't even register as daytime because there was such little light that was getting through the cloud cover oh, in so much in, moisture in, in seattle and here so i've never even heard so of at like noon you got into your vehicle and the running lights came on automatically uh-huh. because it just registered as nighttime like wow. dusk it was it was really eerie and yeah a lot of moisture in the yeah. clouds yeah but you've been all right with that with like you know how cloudy it is or you know i mean 2020 hopefully you know sees like uh i guess for me i i hope 2020 sees a continued move towards just having a lot of time and freedom of mind space back from yeah. the past several years. Yeah. But um, building the greenhouse has been the best thing. It is unbelievable, too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's exciting. But honestly, that building, because I've learned, I've learned through that project, because every year the lack of sunlight impacts me more and more. Yeah. You know, I feel it more and yeah. more the longer that I'm in Oregon. And uh, the wet, cold kind of makes you want to stay inside and yeah. be warm. That's like, I've learned that's the worst thing I yeah. can do. It makes like things worse. It makes it so much worse. Yeah, it does. Because I've, you're already not getting enough light. Yeah. 
and uh, at least here, not enough vitamin D and, and ultraviolet light. And if you stay inside, it cuts it down by like a thousand percent. Um, and so being out building this freaking thing has just kept me outdoors and yeah. whatever ultraviolet light is available. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, consuming as much of it as I can. But also, I mean, you're like, you're building a significant structure Yeah, and it's like, you're building it. So it's, it's like I remember. I mean, I, I bet what helps too. It's I don't know. It was a couple of years ago, and we were talking like what really makes you feel good, and it's like the sense of accomplishment. Yeah, you know. So I'm sure, like seeing the structure being built, like helps your mindset as well. Yeah, because it's it's like look at look at what I'm making. Absolutely. You know? So absolutely. There's yeah. I I I love building things mm-hmm. <laughs> building things is, I, I, is I, I fun see that. <laughs> <laughs> building things is fun yeah no i like it taft really likes it too he's mm. been helping me out and stuff but it's been a monumental project you get to put yeah. all that experience together you know and there's been a lot of things built here over yeah. the past 10 years yeah. but that's definitely the grand poobah yeah. it's, of, it's it's amazing it's just uh like it's a, it's just like a feature, you yeah. know, or like a, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's it's this, it's like an architectural piece of artwork, you know. Yeah. For yeah, and it's functional for the greenhouse and like with the trees and everything that you're gonna do with it. But it's just like just looking inside and seeing like the wood beams and the size of them and then how they're anchored and you know as right. I was looking at that last night, it's just like geez, look at. Look at how this is put together. Yeah. You know, the bones of this of this thing. And then the lights on the outside and how they're lit. And on the inside, you know, it's like the lights and then they're soft. But they're also like every set has its own little, you know, the <laughs> dimmer. dimmer. And so it's like creating a mood in there. Yeah. And yeah. it's like just the energy that that... I, I knew it was going to be great, but... But once, like when I drove up last night, and you see the the lights on the outside lit up, it just it it throws this energy out, and it's it was it was very, it was like oh there it is, you know, it's like <laughs> oh there it is, so <laughs> yeah, it really yeah. I think I've learned at this point, like if you plant, <laughs> the key to successfully building something is knowing what you want to begin with, and most of the things here. I didn't really know what I wanted. So when it came time to make critical decisions, you know, like I didn't, oh, I didn't know I needed this here Mm -hmm. or I didn't, that I wanted something like this here. I didn't think, with this building, I've been thinking about it for 10 years. And it's a good thing that it took 10 years to build it because uh, I know exactly what I want. I know how Mm -hmm. I want it to function. Like, but there was a point in the middle of it where just the planning, because we did all the structure and then, going back in and trenching the entire inside and running all of the utilities through it and stuff like it's there's that that's a painful part of building mm-hmm. is running utilities and you have something cutting that, lines or yeah i mean you, you just something. dig i mean the trenches septic. through that what'd you cut oh yeah i cut the septic <laughs> line yeah i did twice actually yeah it happens <laughs> which which literally, I, 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 that's probably the the 10th or 12th time that I've cut through oh. a septic line at Mariah. It's like, that's old hat. Yeah. I mean, we've trenched right through electrical lines here before, which which was really scary because it, it basically exploded. Mm-hmm. But that was that was on the utility company's watch because they came out to identify the utility lines and they missed one. Oh. And the guy was standing there. And he's like, drop your trencher right here. And I did. And boom, it arced. And <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Make you jump out your seat, huh? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's how you die. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I, I was not. I'm not super stoked to, to have to have to do that. Yeah. And all the planning of how they're organized and where everything goes and stuff. But it's it's fun i I really enjoy it and obviously there's like a ton of big stones and getting to play with rocks is like my yeah that's like my guilty pleasure is getting to set stone and like the way you're mapping it out like the way you're directing people through there Mm -hmm. like and then the use of space and it's just like oh yeah it's really interesting to see how people lay out greenhouses i didn't realize how inefficiently Mm. used most greenhouse Mm -hmm. space is 
And then I started, we started doing it and the utilities and all of that stuff, creating different pockets that are and aren't usable. And it's like, oh, wow, there's, there's like entirely different layouts to a greenhouse that are far more efficient and for what we're doing, far more attractive. Yeah. 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 Aren't they fun? What? Greenhouses. I think greenhouses yeah. are, and I don't necessarily think that people put although i mean there's beautiful greenhouses for sure and there's definitely greenhouses that are very architecturally designed but greenhouses are such a utilitarian function for a mm -hmm. lot of businesses mm -hmm. or people that the the look of them like i look at the greenhouse that was always supposed to be a temporary structure that we've built marai with and it's like I'm pretty tired of looking at that thing mm -hmm. you know now at this point 10 years down the road it's like yeah let's i'm excited to tear that thing down yeah. like i i don't even have any i have a definite bond with all all of the structures uh -huh. at mirai that i've put my hands on but that greenhouse i'm just like i can't i can't i need you to last through the winter don't fail me now mm -hmm. i do have a backup now that the greenhouse is functional with you know, power and the ability to be heated. But like when spring comes, you're out of here, man. Mm -hmm. You're out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're out of the circle of trust. Yeah. yeah. I it, still I still want to build I want to come out for like two weeks and just build out your greenhouse and transform your backyard. Yeah. This is a dream of mine. Well and that's like a thought too. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have like a big garage. It's like do you add on to that oh yeah and, oh yeah and build out and then like you could have the workshop in there and then like the sliding doors and walk into a green you know so like the two would be oh i don't know what that it'd be, but, but, it'd be amazing but part of that it's like okay if i adjust my travel schedule then it's like i can i'll actually have time to be able to focus on some stuff like that you know it's like at this point it just takes time yeah you know? it just takes time no cool idea i thought would always be great for the city what do you do on top of your garage? Turn it into a greenhouse. Do a flat roof with night nice slope and design the whole greenhouse hmm. for the for the roof of the garage. Hmm. You know? Yeah, that'd be interesting. I it's such a different um complexity when you're working within the limitations of a city too. Yeah. You know, the the code and all of that stuff. But it does it does take time. Well, that's like I wonder you, how much code you can you circumvent doing that. Right. You helped me build some rock wall last year at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And literally, as we were kind of wrapping up the minimal amount of rock wall that we got built, I was like, well, I'll probably get back to this in another year. Yeah, and then when sure you showed enough. up, it's like the rock wall has one more run of <laughs> yeah, stone like on it a year more. later. It's like, it's like, oh, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, that was, yeah, it was close. Yeah, and when I was out here, we're like, okay, well, we're, we'll work on the stone wall for like an hour a day. It's yeah. like, all right, okay. Then I think one day we worked on it for... Just went, a, went, a, went hard. Yeah, and then, yeah. I don't know, maybe every year around, Be fun. around Christmas you, we you were, work on the rock Yeah, wall. absolutely. No, I, I, I really do aspire to finish all the, the rocks. I love to stack rock. Yeah. I love it. But you really do. You need like, you need two or three weeks, It literally. I mean, I would say the big stone walls in the garden were two or three weeks where I didn't have anything else to do when mm -hmm. I was building. I wasn't traveling at that time. I just had pallets of stone delivered and I pulled them apart and I built rock walls for three weeks. Mm -hmm. And it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. I, my only job in the morning, I got up, you could smell bad, you could not brush your teeth. <laughs> you, nobody cared. It didn't even matter because nobody else was going to be around. You were just going to stack rocks, which uh -huh. was like one of the most primal structural uh -huh. actions that you can take is stacking rock for walls, for retaining, for, you know, obviously I would aspire at some day, at some point, if Mariah were going to be here for an eternity, I would rebuild every single structure here in stone. Mm -hmm. oh. that, that would be the permanent, <laughs> oh, like, wow. not going anywhere. That would be awesome. Yeah. Going back to Egyptian, man. Put in Egy your own yeah. or Mariah Roman, pyramid. Roman days. Roman, yeah. yeah. Stone, when, uh, like, you've been to Willowbog, in yeah. the UK. Yeah. I mean, when you go to Willowbog, that whole facility is constructed mm -hmm. of stone mm -hmm. and it's already several hundred years old and yeah. it's going to be there for several hundred, if not thousand years. Yeah. I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's it is. badass. Yeah. There's something about stone structures like yeah. that and like living in there and it's like going inside and hanging out with Peter, you know, and it's yep. just like the, 
it's out it's very grounding yeah you know and it's like maybe that's that's interesting but it is very grounding you know it's very ground and it's like okay this it's 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 there's it's there's something very calm about about his place like that yeah yeah um, stone is is very elemental on such a uh on such a primal and, and basic fundamental level I really, I find a lot. I get a lot out of stone just walking over it. Who's the architect that did all the like stone pieces? Or you have a book of his? Oh, Lou French. Yeah, guy's the man. Yeah, yeah. I follow him on Instagram. I, I find, um, I find the images in his book are super compelling because mm-hmm. uh, there was a photographer that like tracked his work over several years. And that's really beautiful. Whereas his Instagram is like, you know, it's oh. a snapshot of yeah. his work periodically. So it's not, it doesn't have like the same gravity, but that guy's, that guy's yeah. incredible. Maybe the best Mason in North America. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Just in terms of his creative use, his tolerance levels. Yeah. Super exciting. It's nice because, uh, and I, anytime you build out like a garden, there's those, opportunity spaces that exist that you know you're not using very well Mm -hmm. and so finally to have the greenhouse down here this like used to be a mud pit yeah you know and then and then there was just this big long gravel Gravel. big long gravel (laughs) driveway runway runway and everybody's like what are you what's that what are you doing there it's been there for like four years and i'm like taft runs his remote control car yeah exactly it's what it's 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 where we test our speed. Yeah. No, it's it's been there waiting for the greenhouse yeah. for four years. Well, it's like, a, yeah, I remember for years you've been talking about yeah. the greenhouse is going there. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, wait. You know, yeah. it's just <clears throat> the process. But Yeah, it's really given me a lot of energy. Just, just doing the project has given me a lot of energy, which is, like, weird because when you bite something off like that, you know it's going to consume a lot of mm-hmm. energy, time, and resources. Yeah. It's just going to be like a cookie monster you know it's not gonna stop eating Mm -hmm. it's a voracious consumer of all things not sustainable right yeah well and you're doing a lot of the work too yeah so that's the only way it's realistic for me and that's been the way with every project here though yeah it's it's, it's not real hands-on yeah it's not realistic and i like having contact yeah with every i want it to be customized and i want it to have those little touches of intentionality like you can't pay somebody to put your thought and love and consideration into every single point right unless you're doing it yourself sure yeah yeah i really enjoy that part of it but but we are at a point where we're at a point at mirai where making sure that i'm intentional and choosing what I want to be doing Mm -hmm. and setting myself up to be able to do what I want to be doing and should be doing as opposed to all of the things that I could be doing. Right. You know? Yeah. That's, that's a new, a new realm for me. Cause for a long time it was like, yeah, I'm going to go cut some wood, prune a tree, mow the lawn, fix something, build something, and then wire a bone side. And now it's like, well, I actually need to wire like five or six, bonsai and that's really kind of what i do well and that's the backbone of what we do here so is is someone here like a project manager and like helps you with that where it's like this i'm gonna do this and they're like no maybe he should do or she should do this so i so sam sam is the project manager for all of like the film production Mm -hmm. and stuff but it's when you think about because there's Mariah Live and there, you know, is the team of people that are working on that um, all the time. Like that takes a, a project yeah. manager. But then to add project management of the facility and the actual tree portion of it, mm-hmm. that's a whole, in my mind, that's a whole nother job. That's mm-hmm. like a whole nother person right. to be able to do that. And and that, that's not realistic to have that person quite yet. But yeah, currently I'm the project manager yeah. for it, which is probably why it's so screwed up. In terms of like, not as efficient as it could be, because I still am like, I want to do this today, oh. even though I said I was going to do, you know, right. X, Y, and Z. I'm yeah. actually going to do W mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go build W. Yeah. Everybody's like, wait, no. And then Sam will be like, hey, we need to film and do this and do that. And it's like, oh, yeah, sorry. 
I like snap out yeah, of it. Yeah, W's. Uh, that, that was not a, a realistic. That's not even, I shouldn't, yeah. I don't even know why I thought that. <laughs> Seemed like a good idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, do you, um, do you find any satisfaction in building and constructing things and you thinking that you're going to stay in Denver where you're at? Yeah. 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 I th- You'll stay I th- at that sp- that at that house, and I mean that's the thing. It's like for a yard in Denver, I have a large space, uh-huh. but at the same time, for bonsai, the space is it's not large enough already. You know, so I you know, well, it's like my so I met a girl, uh-huh. and like she moved in, met a girl, I met a girl. So like within seven months, we got engaged. So I'm engaged. Uh-huh. And so it's like I just like got her moved in. Yeah. And that was like quite the task because I was traveling and I'm like, just pack stuff, get over what you can. When I get home, I have like two days, we'll move you all in or yeah. I'll help you, you know, with whatever. I just I just wanted her I wanted her in my house, you know, and it's like I I got her. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like so <laughs> she's when she's in. She's in. All her stuff's here. <laughs> yep. But and too, it's like I come home, it's like I have two days. When I get home at two in the morning, I, I, I just, it's like, I just want her there, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, so I can, you know, go to sleep with her and, you know, yeah. it's just so she's there. And so, um, I don't know, but I would like more land. Yeah. I would like more land, you yeah. know, it's just, I think maybe like as I adjust what my business model is, mm-hmm. then maybe I can look at that at this point with as much as I'm gone. It's it's hard to Yeah. It's 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 hard to, you know, um multitask at times with big stuff like that because I just I don't have the time or necessarily the the brain capacity, you know, to really yeah. to really look into something that that large, you know, the it, it and it truly is like a capacity, right? Yeah. Just to, it's gonna take energy. Yeah, it's gonna take a lot of energy and thinking and time and commitment. And Lime, you're looking for property, aren't you? I am. Yep. Out this way. Yeah. Really? I actually, just met a real estate agent. She's actually helping me. She told me a bunch of stuff doesn't pop up. Turns up for real estate agents first. So, mm-hmm. her and I actually met the other night, and we're going through a bunch of stuff. So out here in St. Helen or like this Scapoose area, or... yeah, yeah, this area. That's awesome. Oh, Between Scapoose and yeah, that's where yeah. I spend all my time. Lime, yeah, lime, lime might be well. You know, it would take you away from convenient access to pizza, hot wings. I'm okay with and that. I can deal with. You're that. okay with that? Yeah. Okay. I can mod. make. There's always mod pizza. There's so well, yeah. <laughs> which is a tough, which is a tough substitute for some of the quality cuisine oh, that exists always, in Portland. Yeah. It's not a far drive, and I'm always going to have to go back in there once in a while to do stuff. I got to go down there all the time. So. I love yeah. the food in Portland so much. What was that ramen place? Me and you went to Marokin. Yeah, yeah. That is honestly as close to <laughs> that is as close to the quality miso-based yeah. ramen that I loved in Japan. I mean, it's still... Aren't they a Japanese-based company? Though? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah, they're like... I don't know how... I don't know what that is, but there's a lot of ramen shops that came ha- from there have, and like here. A, have like a mothership in Japan yeah. and mm-hmm. then they've branched out into the U.S. Yeah, that was great. Portland does have great food. It has incredible food. There's yeah. not a restaurant that's in business that has shitty food in oh. Portland. Because they just wouldn't can't last. Survive. Yeah, they wouldn't You can't. Last. The expectation... Well, there oh. are, but they don't last. There's some crappy food. They just don't last very long. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's fine. Right. Like, yeah. You, <laughs> they go, you, you stumble into the place that, you know, is on its way out or just started and everybody's figuring out that it's on its way out. That, that sucks. But <laughs> that's why you don't go to new places. Yeah. You just wait and see if it's still there in six months. And then you're like, oh, okay, now I'll go. It must be all right. <laughs> that's what yeah. Why would I waste my, why would I waste my, uh, you know, risk it when you can guarantee delicious yeah. food, like right. absolutely top of the line delicious food anywhere else. That's a long standing establishment mm-hmm. in Portland. I just wouldn't do it. Denver has really good food, yeah. Denver does. Denver has delicious food, yeah. It does. Um, Denver's just so big, so big, so spread out, yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, like traffic too. You know, I I don't know. Like people I don't know, complain about traffic in other cities, and it's like it's not as bad as California, but it's getting it's close. There's yeah, but L L A is like the it's pin- brutal. The, the pinnacle. It's of, brutal. The pinnacle of traffic. It, but, it's like a lifestyle down there. Traffic. Yeah, you just deal with it. But I it's like I I love Denver. That's the thing. It's like I love Denver. Yeah. So I think. And two, like for, I don't know, just for my bonsai business, Denver's a good place to be. It's a so, super sweet hub, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're so, right smack dab in the middle of the Rockies. You, yeah. There's a robust community, yeah. budding community. Yeah. I mean, I think the Rocky Mountain Bonsai Society and the Denver community in general is... And it, this is kind of a weird thing, because like when, when there was like the big sort of beatnik movement and people were driving coast to coast from new york to san francisco and back and there was like this sort of it was almost like a uh rite of passage kind of voyage to to hitchhike across the country or drive across the country uh at that point one of the big stopovers was colorado Mm -hmm. for essentially migrating hippies and the cultural Mm -hmm. cultural (laughs) swing coast to coast that was like Sort of um, fluidly happening at that point, and Hunter a, S. Thompson ended up there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Hunter S. Thompson ended up in Aspen, which actually takes me to to the point. There is a sushi restaurant in Aspen that uh, one of my friends in college, her aunt, owns the sushi restaurant in Aspen, and at one time it was the only sushi restaurant between New York and L.A. Oh wow! wow. It was in Aspen, Colorado. Huh. It's like, it, it, and it's a long-standing establishment there, and so um, my friend. This is back when I was in college, but uh, she came home with me to Aspen, and then we went and had sushi at her aunt's place in Aspen. And I had grown up next to this place and not known it existed because nobody where I grew up was like, "Let's go get sushi." Mm-hmm. That just didn't. Mm-hmm. That that Doesn't number one, sense. there weren't any sushi <laughs> restaurants that I was aware of, and of course. The one sushi restaurant that, you know, was in the middle of the country between the two coasts of North America was in Aspen. Hmm. This place that yeah, only I people from that. around the world are going to go eat sushi in Aspen. Uh-huh. Affordability-wise, uh, right. sort of knowledge of it, appreciation yeah. of it-wise at that time. Now, there's sushi everywhere. So, oh, it's yeah. like, it's not... But it was a, a fascinating That's story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Colorado. What a great place. It is. It is. So So many so many of my friends' parents were are just growing up were just hippies that ended up landing there so they could ski mm-hmm. and they never left. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is this is a place of vagabonds. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite groups just played Cervantes. Oh, last night. What's, what's Cervantes? Uh, it's like a little music ball. venue. Mu- Green Lemon music. used to play. He was played on there. Uh, the New Deal. Hmm. They live streamed it last night too. It's kind of sexy. Yeah. Everyone Good venue. Did you watch it? Uh, parts of it. Yeah, nice. My head was hurting, so I was look at that and then lay down. Yeah. yeah. Sitting in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> so you're headed back to. Uh, you brought trees out to Mirai. Yeah. You're taking trees back. Yeah. To today. To first branch. I got here last night. I yeah, live. Seriously. Today. Yeah. This will be the shortest turn. Well, and maybe. that's the thing. It's it's like I always come out here and then there's always like I work. Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's like this time, you know, because it's it's like I need to get back because my you know, my mom's not doing yeah, you know, well. And so it's like, well, what do I do? It's like, no, I just I'll drive out, unload trees, get trees, mm-hmm. you know. And so, but we had talked before where, like, I don't, I don't have time to collect. Yeah. And it's like, will there come a point where I need to purchase trees from people, you know? And it's like, I don't have the time, like, to go to get Rocky Mountain junipers, you know? So, earlier this year, you know, it's like I, I got some trees from Dan and Steve, and then, yeah. like, I'm out here, I'm going to get some from Randy. It's like, okay, that's where that's where we are, you know? And it's like, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, before, it's like, well, why would I buy a tree when I can go dig trees? But it's like, that's not my, that's not my business model. 
you yeah, know. Now you're not a collector. Now it's like I'm not a collector. I'm a bonsai professional, and it's like that's what you do. You, you know, it's yep. like you go to the people that collect those trees. You know, it's like yep. you've been promoting that and promoting me with that for years, and now it's like, oh, I get that now. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna be out here. Randy's, you know, Randy is who he is, and so it's like, well, why don't you know? I'll, yep. I'll get trees from him because, you know. I don't have the time. He's the he is the collector. So yeah, but it's yeah. I I understand that, and it's it's like yeah. I'm I'm fine with that because yeah. if I had my, I don't want to be known as a collector. I collect trees, but that's not. And I love collecting. I've said this before. You know, it's like I love it, but there are times too this year where maybe I had a few days at home. It's like I could go collect trees, or I could work on. Something in my backyard that I'd been eyeballing for two years. It's like, no, I'm not going collecting today because yeah, you, you're you're getting worked on. You know, finally, you know, and it's it's you made I just, the transition. Yeah, you made the transition. That's a big, that's a big shift. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 I think like, I mean, I collected a lot in college and yeah. had notions that I was gonna be a collector and a bonsai professional and then I went to Japan and at some point and it wasn't even it wasn't even a natural thought to me that that's not the way it's going to go my dad was like you're not going to have time for all that and I'm like well yeah I mean I'm not very realistic with my time sure. so of course you're like <laughs> I'm not either yeah right exactly <laughs> you can't it's just a different it's a different mentality yeah. of somebody who is realistic with time you know, like we're always optimistically going to think we can accomplish more than there's yeah. even a remote possibility right. of us accomplishing. But he was like, you're not going to be able to do that. And I was like, no, I am, I am, I am. Mm-hmm. But maybe I should like, you know, have a few trees from somebody else so mm-hmm. I have something to work mm-hmm. on before I go and get them. Sure. And then you get back and you're like, well, this is not going to happen, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm not going to be driving around the country trying to collect. I, I, I yeah. That's a... Yeah. It's not sustainable. You, yeah, it's like you don't have the... It's you just you don't have the time to yeah. put the miles in and then to do either thing to dig well. the trees to come back to pot the tree you know it's like i know after randy's trips it's like i don't know how many week or more weeks. where he's yeah weeks. weeks two weeks maybe where he's like potting tree it's like i don't have two weeks yeah i never have two weeks you know to but granted he's on that you know on that scale but nonetheless you go to the mountains you dig a tree it's it, or dig trees it's like you're gonna even from one trip, you're going to spend a half day, yeah. you know, potting it. Yeah. So it's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to go to the collector and, and buy trees from the collector, you know? Yeah. So it's, and I feel good about that, you know? It's kind of nice. Yeah. It's nice. That It's nice, I think, now that there's like a structure to the ecosystem to a degree. You know, the, you know who the people are. Mm-hmm. You know who the people that you jive with. You know who the people whose approach you trust. And it's like now they're those people become your friends and yeah. and colleagues yeah. and resources yeah. and you forge relationships and you support each other and it truly does become like a really wonderful yeah. sustainable community yeah. and that's that's amazing. Well, that's something like you coming back. It's like something you you started. You know, it's like you really started promoting the collectors and the ceramicists and you know mm. it's like you were very you didn't hold that stuff close to you like some people do you know it's like you right. were very open because you knew and you had the the foresight to where if these people succeed it'll help me succeed yeah. you know and yes. it's not like being selfish about it where i don't want them to know about this person because then they won't get it from me or whatever they'll buy from him but but you're that's like it's counter it's counterintuitive and it just it hurts everything yeah you know to where and so I don't know I, it's like making that shift to where I need to purchase trees now it it just it I don't it, it goes back to to where like another like piece of respect that I have for you because you are the one that initiated this whole initiated a large portion of this whole like movement and getting potters to be able to make a living doing this Mm. and you know it's like you've you've really people that did it for a hobby me included i'm able to make a living now yeah you know and and a lot of that i work very hard at it i travel a lot and so i put my time in but at the same time 
I feel like there is a foundation laid by you that like these other people are able to build off of. Mm. So I appreciate that. Thank no. you. Yeah. Thank. I mean, that was like coming back from Japan. It was very clear the the community that existed there and the economy and there's like pros and cons and things that like I. I don't see fitting into North American bonsai and see and things that you recognize are like fundamental structural elements of a successful bonsai culture and having people doing it at that higher level means supporting them. Yeah. And, and, but I think there's also just like when you think about and uh, Ian talks about this in some of the soil podcasts about the dissemination of knowledge in the soil mm -hmm. science community and the famine mentality and kind of some of the secrecy around it versus the abundant mentality and the notion that, hey, there's an, there's enough mm -hmm. for, for all of us. And I think in North America, there is more interest than there are professionals to meet that interest still. Yeah. And there's more need for ceramics than there are ceramicists to meet that need. And I think there's a strong desire for bonsai material, whether it's field grown or collected or otherwise, than there are suppliers to meet that yeah. demand and it's just like this th that's a this is a beautiful place to be yeah you know yep. and i think as long as it i think as long as it uh, m remains a a mentality of abundance high tide raises all ships and and we we all have our place here to positively contribute then i think it probably continues to be mm -hmm. a scenario where manifest destiny you um put the kind of mojo out there that keeps people interested in the positivity and the the freedom and the exchange and the collaboration it's like who wouldn't want to be a part of that right. and how, how how could they not be intrigued by something so positive when a, a, a lot of what we experience it, it is more of a famine mentality mm -hmm. right yeah and I, I mean i think it's just making this sort of positive vibe and ecosystem of bonsai in north america is only getting stronger yeah. I, it's really exciting yeah it is and there's a, and there's people like yourself that are contributing to it in such a huge way now that it's only making it richer mm -hmm. and it's only making it mm. better and, yeah. and more well-known. And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's really exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And it is. And like anywhere I go, if there's a, like a ceramicist and they're, you know, they, they'll sometimes, you know, bring pots in and what do you think of this? And so it's like, I always tell them, you know, it's like, well, is this like all you do? And there's no, I do it on the side. It's like, that's great. There will always be like right now. There's a gap for a container. You know, it's uh -huh. like there's that. That's a hole you could fill. You know, if yep. if you know, if you get your craft down to where you know, it's like that's yep. that's there's a gap there. Yep. That and it's like wow, that's interesting. That that in North America, you know, it's like there's we need more potters. We, we need, need more, more potters. Yeah, yeah. We need more field growers. Yeah. We need need the the the, the tough thing is stand makers. Because they have to have, uh, they have to have, people have to have a reason to buy a stand, mm -hmm. which is mainly exhibitions mm -hmm. and uh, exhibition of a level that demands a stand of a level, right? That can support somebody the caliber of Austin Heitzman and stuff is really, yeah. is really means that our, our bonsai culture still has some evolving to do and stuff. But yeah, where we are is interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to. I'm glad we got to sit down and wrap I for know. just a second. The coffee, the coffee cast. Yeah. Thank you so much for driving the trees out, Todd. It's good to see you, man. It's great to I'm see bummed, you too. Bummed you're leaving today. I know. I, I am too. I, totally I am it. too. But um, yeah, always great. <clears throat> always great to be here. So yeah. we'll see what what this year and what next year, 2020, you know, has for both of us. So. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. Love you, brother. I love you too. All right, man. All right. <laughs>